Whoopsie daisy. Oh, I've never been in this seat for lead up to life before. Why did you move me? <laughs> because that's the interviewer spot. Do you want to swap? <laughs> no, it's fine. So uh, is someone going to trim this? So Because it's recording right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I have to get a blurb for the beginning. So I just always start recording and then Bill pulls something for me. But you can pause it if you want, if you have to tell me secrets. I don't have anything. <laughs> You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Leadem to Life. I am not Emily Leadem. <laughs> I am Father Scott Trainer, your special guest host for this episode, because our guest today is Emily Leadem. I'm That's instantly right. regretting this. I'm instant. That was a really good opening, though. Thank you, you should- Emily. I'm going to be out of a job after this deal. I I do have a solid day job. Um, <laughs> But you never know. You never know. People say I have a face for radio and a voice for print. So here we go. No, friends, Emily's been so generous. I asked her if I could turn the tables on her, or I don't know, turn the microphones on her for this episode. Um, As I work with the diocese, I'm the vicar for lay and clergy formation. And we've really been trying to help people hear about Bishop DeGroote's vision for our diocese of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. That's a mouthful. And my desire is to help people hear from real people's lives what that looks like. Are you calling and me a real person? Emily Leadham is one of the best real people I know. <laughs> and not only Emily, but her amazing husband, Matt. Uh, I've known Matt since my time as a chaplain down at University of South Dakota at the Newman Center there. I knew him when he was going through college. Ugh, and, don't hold uh, it against him. I think he has like, I think he has, maybe we should take this off air, but remind me to talk to you about this afterwards. I think he, cause he was like in college trying to figure it out, you right. know? And so he has such an admiration of you, but he's like, Father Scott probably has such a weird vision of me because he knew me in college. Mm-hmm. And if you knew me in college for the record, you'd have a weird vision <laughs> of me too. So... <laughs> So we, these are the things we talk about. Father. So today we're just going to dive into insecurities. No, <laughs> I've told you I was regretting this already. This is making right. it so much better. <laughs> so I really appreciate Emily, your generosity and willing to kind of be interviewed about uh, Bishop's vision, and just for your audience, you know, this family yeah. through your podcast week after week, uh, for them actually to get to know you more as well. Um, so there's that. Yeah, hopefully, ready or not, folks. Here, here we you go. Come. Here we go. So, uh, Emily, when we hear Bishop's vision, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, at the heart of that vision statement is discipleship. And whenever I talk about discipleship, I talk about this process where through repeated encounter with Jesus, I come to know him more and more and eventually make a decision to follow after him, to say yes to his invitation to come follow me. And from that point, to grow in personal relationship with him. So if we take that as what discipleship is in a nutshell, right. would like to, uh, to ask you, how have you experienced growth in discipleship like over time, especially as you've entered into your vocation as a wife and mother? What does discipleship look like in the life of Emily Leadham? Yeah. So I I think I've shared a little bit of this on the podcast, just in snippets before, but I really 
encountered Christ in a powerful way my sophomore year of high school. And in a way that it was undeniable to me that he was real. So so that was the encounter with Christianity. And then it was really in and through the sacraments of the church that it gave me the language to express what I had experienced, if that makes sense. Like it gave me the language to not only express it, but then have a deeper understanding of it. And it was so powerful to me um, because Jesus really scooped into the kind of a deep hole that I was Mm. (laughs) in, in many ways and uh, lifted me out. It was so powerful to me and so real to me that I could, that I could never deny it. Mm. It was, it was just clear. Like I can't deny that he is real and he is who he says he is. So that was kind of the start for me. And I can picture point to like little things in my childhood and that kind of stuff. But, but I really point to that um, experience my sophomore year of high school that kind of launched me on this trajectory of trying to figure out what does it actually mean to be a disciple. And Mm -hmm. I um, am a, not a very straight path walker in many ways in my journey, just because I've got all kinds of uh, twists and turns along the way. But, um, but yeah, so, so I would say since that point, <clears throat> really encountering him in the Blessed Sacrament, going to confession um, shortly after that kind of launched me on this vision or on this um, mission of discipleship with a lot of people accompanying me along the way. And I think, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later, but then entering, going throughout college, entering into marriage. um, I think the way that my experience of the faith or my own desire to follow the Lord has shifted is that my worldview has continued to evolve. Mm. Like I had, I had um, Bergwald on, Chris Bergwald on a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about, um, you are what you, oh, what did I name it? You are what you read mm-hmm. or something you are, what you consume. That's what it was. And I think throughout my journey as a disciple, I've continued to consume more and more and more good books and good people and good resources. And I'm going to go sit in Father Scott's office and ask him questions and whatever. So, so as I've continued to consume those things, my worldview has continued to evolve and this deeper understanding of what does it actually mean to be human? What does it mean to be a fallen human? What does it actually mean to be happy? Um, just because I think throughout a lot of my journey, I was looking for happiness kind of in all the wrong places. So as I've continued to grow in my my journey as a disciple, I would say that's one key thing that I could point to that's, that's grown. Um, and some of that's just through the gift of marriage and <laughs> the challenges of marriage, you know, like I just see my faults so much more clearly since marrying Matt. I see all of my impatience or my weaknesses or the ways that he serves so much better than I do. Um, so yeah, I think that that's something that has become increasingly clear to me, just my own, um, yeah, my own worldview has continued to evolve. Yeah. So two things about that really stand out to me. Uh, first of all, is that God's love came and met you where you were at as a sophomore in high school. Right. right? And as you said, to lift you out of a a deep pit at that moment. Um, and what an amazing experience that is, but that that would awaken, a, a curiosity and a desire, yep. a desire to know more, to experience more, and even to allow, just as your relationship with God has unfolded, 
really to allow God to adjust even the way you see God and see yourself and see the world and yourself in relationship with God in the world. Like that is how that, well, that's what that looks like. What right. a beautiful thing. Right. Thank you Where so much. Where does trust fit into that too? Because yeah. that was such a key component mm-hmm. of that experience. And I, I'm trying to even think of an example kind of in that timeline, although there's been little things along the way too, but like right within that first in, first encounter, there also had to be this surrendering of my life to him and this recognition that his desires for my life were actually going to bring greater satisfaction and wellness and flourishing far more than anything I could have ever imagined for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there was this like trust factor that had to enter into. Yeah, you mentioned that there were different people along the way who helped you along, right? Uh, was that did that make a difference in your ability to trust or your willingness to trust? Oh, totally, because I saw them doing it. Yeah. So like, um, I'm gonna name names because I think it's actually helpful. Can I do that? Give God the glory. I totally, but like, I think of. So Bob Siemens, who was the, he was at the diocese when I was in high school. And then Jen Mosier, who was at O'Gorman, you know, Jen. I do. Um, She was at O'Gorman when I was there. And then at a certain point I graduated and then there was a friendship of some sort that was established. And I don't get to talk to Jen a lot or see Jen a lot, but she had something and was living in such a way that I admired or Stephanie Deutsch or, um, Vanessa, I can't even remember Vanessa's last name, but she was at St. Thomas when I was there. And then there was Father Joe Vogel, and then there was uh, my friend Joan. So just it's all of these people that have accompanied me along the way, both as companions, but also as leaders, mm-hmm. uh, leaders to me, um, that have just been really instrumental. And I think there's probably a level two of growing in my ability to trust them, my heart to them in some ways. I don't mean that to sound weird, but like my ability to trust Jen with this is what's going on in my life or this is what's showing up in prayer or man, I suck at praying and I haven't prayed for however long, whatever the thing was that I was walking through. I have to think that there was probably an element of that, that that was teaching me how to trust Lord, like I was trusting healthy people mm-hmm. and that carried over maybe. That's beautiful. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Pope St. John Paul II <laughs> says that um, in the work of evangelization, the importance that our humanity is a bridge to Christ. Yeah. And uh, I was just talking to another person asking similar questions of them the other day. And they talked about a person um, in their college years who was like a, um, a mentor uh, I think they bumped into him because they were a, a residence hall advisor or something. They yeah. were in college. They were like an adult that oversaw yeah. the whole, all the other yeah, RAs yeah, and everything. RAs. And um, they just said how this person was just so, like the, the person who was blessed was, had a million and one questions mm-hmm. about God and what's right and wrong and how we're supposed to live. Like just a million questions that weren't even focused initially on Christianity, but like about the meaning of life in the world and everything. And they found a very attentive and responsive and like receptive person in yeah. this mentor in their life. And as they got to grow in that friendship and that trust was built up just by being a good human being to them, that trust grew and grew and they were able to ask deeper questions and uh, that 
RA, that mentor, was able to witness uh, their faith to Christ, and that really helped the person come to know the love of God. But it was that bridge, that first encounter was just through being a good human person, uh, really sharing just the goodness of their humanity with them. So That's interesting that there's such a desire in the human heart for that. Like mm-hmm. even now, Matt and I went on a couple's retreat a, a few weekends ago, and there were like three couples in particular there that were older, wise, like the Tibbets were there, the Daltons were there. And oh, I know there was one other one too. And I found myself so drawn to them. Mm. Like, let me sit at your feet and learn from you. You have a wisdom or or Robin and Spike Brigham come to my mind. Just these couples that are living this well, that are ahead of the journey mm-hmm. in us. And that hasn't gone away in me, even mm-hmm. as much as I'm a grown woman, as they say. <laughs> and a trained I professional. Still, and a trained professional. There's still this desire, you know? Yep. Do you still feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. Like but- we want to be mentored. We want to be led and encouraged and poured into. And yeah. Yep. No, I think of uh, in 20 years of priesthood, I've been asked to do a lot of different things. Yeah. And so- each of those different assignments has certain areas of responsibility, some of which are like new to me, like really new. Yeah. Uh, and I'm forever like, there's someone in the world who knows how to do this great. Yeah. I want to meet them Where are and they? just like hang out with them for a while. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's so important. Um, oh, I don't know quite how to say it, but the, I think in today's world, like, oh, you should be able to look it up on YouTube and figure it out yourself. Yeah. That thing, like, I have to figure this out on my own yeah. is really burdensome for people. And just to be able to have the freedom, actually, our own Bishop DeGruy is really good about this. He's yeah. like, hey, listen, I I don't, this is, I know this is where we need to go. I'm not sure that I know the best way to do that, but, but I trust somebody other does. people. somebody does. Yeah. So let's find out. Yeah. You know, I just yeah, love so the true. freedom of that humility. Like, yeah, every one of us needs to be mentored. Yeah. Um, well, Speaking of Bishop DeGrood, back to his vision statement, yeah. lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. Um, if you've benefited from what I would say are missionary disciples, people who are sharing with you the gift of faith that they've received. So I've received a gift and I'm giving as a gift what I've received <laughs> as a gift. You've obviously, you just had such a beautiful litany of people in your life at different moments in your life that have helped you in your relationship with Jesus and saying a greater yes to him along the way. Um, how do you find yourself for you and Matt as a young married couple with a growing family? Uh, where do you guys find opportunities to give as a gift the beautiful faith that each of you have received as a gift? Mm-hmm. What does that look like in the Leadham family? We have a family mission. You have a family mission? Yeah. Like, did did you sit down and... Yeah. Really? Yeah. Let's hear about that. Totally. So we, a couple, maybe two years ago or so, this was just really on our hearts like what what's the particular thing that god wants to do with our marriage and i think i probably saw it on pinterest or something which i know just totally made this less cool to you but i'm gonna keep going with it but this family like had a mission and they they like framed it and i'm not this organized so i haven't done Mm -hmm. this yet but they like wrote it all out and framed it and they hang it in a prominent place in their home to remind themselves like who are we and what are we about? And so I was like, obviously super, I'm like all into this kind of thing. So I was like, Matt, what is our mission? You know, I'm like a little too intense sometimes. Um, But one of the things that really was clear to us is that God continues to bring other married couples into our lives um, that we have the great honor of walking with 
uh, in whatever they might be walking through. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the the aspects of our, I think, mission as a family is to be this place of hospitality to receive um, whoever the Lord brings to us and then enjoy witness to the power of sacramental marriage, which don't get me wrong. We do not do all the well all the time. Like <laughs> I feel like we're probably going to get in a fight tonight just because be, <laughs> we got in a fight at the couple's retreat. <laughs> Does this, I feel like this happens. Does this happen to other people? It does, in fact, yeah. happen all the time. So we're like on this like beautiful retreat, like, oh, let's witness to the joy of marriage. And on Saturday morning, the first morning there, we got in a fight. We we're like, this is a fight. We are fighting. We will work it out, but I am not happy with you right now. <laughs> but I really, it really was clear to us that we had this desire to just, uh, <clears throat> yeah, witness to the joy of marriage, to mm. the beauty of adventuring together, continuing to pursue each other as spouses, um, and to invite other couples into into that, mm-hmm. their families into that with our family. Um, so I would say that's something that that we really try and be intentional mm. about as much as we fail to, but uh, or we have goals that we kind of work on in different categories throughout the year. Um, that are really an effort for us to be able to flourish and, and to share that, you know? So like whether it's financial or whatever, like we have financial goals to save for our, our girls to go to college and to support some ministries that we're really excited about or whatever. Um, so I, that's kind of what comes to my mind. How do you give what you've received? Like mm-hmm. you be intentional about it. Yeah, intentionality—that's the word that's jumping out at me. Yeah. Right, that uh, you and Matt got together and like this was a conversation. How do we want to live our marriage and live our marriage in service to others? What does that yeah. look like concretely and specifically? And my gosh, you have goals. We have goals. I seem to remember some conversation with you about goals that you're <laughs> that I hate goals. Some ambivalence about it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah we would story. not be doing goals if Matt was ambivalent about goals. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> But it's really good for me. I'm very grateful. Right. I receive it. Right. And it's his way of leading our Because clearly, if you marry someone who's identical to you, one of you is completely unnecessary in the relationship. So this is why. That's a great way to say that it. That is right on. Yeah. And then occasionally they'll say, so Em, how do you feel like we're doing with our goals? And I'm like, gosh, I'm really tired. I don't think that I'm up to having this conversation right now. But it sucks because he's always doing really well at them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not usually, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So there's some growth that needs to happen. <laughs> Amen to that for all of us. <laughs> that is the truth. So um, if I'm mean, thinking of our listeners and they're hearing this, like, because that is, that's like 99th percentile, like off the charts intentionality, right? So if someone's thinking here, like, yeah, I want to give as a gift what we receive as a gift. Um, how do I do that either individually or together with my spouse? Um, can you think about, so I'm an, I should also full disclosure, like I'm an engineer, I'm a very systematic person. So I'm kind of interested in this process, how you guys got there. I mean, other than you saw on Pinterest, oh, here's a yeah. family mission statement. Let's do one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like it, what did you, how would you sum up or if you can, uh, try to identify like, yeah, what this is kind of how it came together for us that we landed on that desire to offer this rich relational hospitality to other couples and witness to the joy of sacramental marriage. Yeah. Um, I think for us, it was part of our formation process. So part of our preparation for marriage um, was 
what kind of marriage do you want to have? Mm. You know, so just even that basic question, mm-hmm. what kind of life do you want to live? What what do you desire? Like it's not a big complicated question that really triggered for us a series mm-hmm. of desires, I think, to say, okay, we do want to live in a different way. We want to live in an intentional way or encountering other people that were doing it, like um, like encountering Chris and Hannah Motes mm. and just seeing like they live in such a countercultural way and there's something extraordinarily attractive about that. Or our friends, the Flanagans in, in St. Paul, okay, there's something about them that's so attractive I want to be more like that. I want to be more like them because it's it, attractive. That's a, that's the only word that I can really come up with to describe mm-hmm. it. It was like there is a joy, there's a fire, there's a freedom, there's a clarity about who they are because there's a standard that they operate within no matter where they're at, what they're doing, that kind of thing. So a little series of questions and then just encountering people that opened up, I think, conversations for Matt and I from – this, the time we were dating to even now, like we, this still happens. We meet awesome people and we're like, dang, we should do that. That's way cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like let's, we need to implement that. Or like Deegan Keating came to our couples conference a while back mm-hmm. and talked about starting a happy hour uh, with his wife and how that like changed their marriage. And Matt and I are like, yes, well, let's yes. let us in the name of the Lord, let us have a happy hour. <laughs> um, joking, whatever. Um, but, but yeah, so I think just those like little series of questions of what makes them different and, and encountering people that were living different started opening the door for Matt and I to have conversations about it mm-hmm. um, and then leaning into that. And Matt and I are pretty big about having time just together. Mm-hmm. So we try and take a trip just with us every year, oh. um, even if it's a weekend getaway to Omaha or something like that. Um but we move into it recognizing this is our time to really evaluate, hey, where are we at? What do we want to work on? What are things that, how can I love you better? How can we continue to grow? How can I show up for you more intentionally? That kind of thing. Um, and a lot of the things like that, that mission or the goals that we have come from that. It's like, let's write it down. Let's let's really be intentional about this. Let's figure out ways that we can love each other better, our girls better. Beautiful. Along the way. So a few things that just strike me about that. One is that uh, the sense of how to be of service, how you want to reach out to, in your case, other couples, comes from living deeply what you have together in your marriage with your spouse, with yeah. Matt. And you're really paying attention to those things that are dear, that are blessings to you, that awaken this like, wow, that's amazing, and awaken that desire that you yourselves want to receive more of. Mm-hmm. And as you're entering into that, it just opens up into these opportunities of like, naturally, mm-hmm. this is a beautiful thing. We want to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great gift. So it's not like I have to go find something mm-hmm. and make it a work. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, yeah. like me, I love, I love to learn. Right. And uh, that's one of the reasons I love to teach, to give what I've learned to others. Right. Because in doing that and serving others and uh, communicating what I've learned, 
oh, I entered more deep, so much more deeply into this thing that's captivated my imagination and my understanding and the excitement and blessing that comes from that. Yeah. So when we give as a gift what we received as a gift, the gift that I received is actually much more, uh, is deepened all the, all the more. Yeah, yeah. When we were at that couple's retreat a few weekends ago, Father, you gave this example of a couple dancing in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the child that comes up, it's like the moment that mom and dad like hold hands, kiss, hug, dance, anything, anything. It's like suddenly the kids are right there and yeah, they're so drawn to it. And you gave the example of of a couple dancing in the kitchen and suddenly there's kids and they're holding onto the legs and you said they don't want to stop the dancing. They actually want to be caught up in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true, not only for children, but for for us, like we want to be caught up in something greater than ourselves. We want to be caught up in this powerful experience of love and belonging and and being known and all of these things. So yeah, I, I want to be this house that my children, but also anybody that walks into our home can be brought up into, caught up into this this love. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that desire to be something, uh, part of something, caught up into something more than ourselves. Um, there's a big word for that in philosophy. It's something that's transcendental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And God is transcendentally good and true and beautiful. Uh, so God is infinitely good and infinitely true and infinitely beautiful. And... Uh, in Bishop's uh, vision for the diocese, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, the through God's love part is really the foundation and the capstone yeah. of the whole vision. That my desire to and my ability to grow in relationship with Jesus, to know him more through repeated encounter, to want to follow him in my whole life, and to grow in that relationship day by day and to help others do the same. All of that, beginning, middle, and end, is meant to uh, deepen through a greater experience of God's love and be motivated by God's love for other people. So that desire you're talking about, uh, so love responds to goodness, truth, and beauty. That's just the way that God put us together. So that desire to be part of something more, something that's transcendental, uh, is very much also at the heart of Bishop's vision. So on that point, I'm wondering if you can uh, share with our listeners how it is, especially as you've entered into your vocation, into all the adventure of marriage and now parenting and a growing family, um, where, how has your experience of like goodness and truth and beauty just in day-to-day life grown and changed and uh, been different as oh you said yes to your vocation? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I always, it's, sometimes I think it's a difficulty to talk about motherhood in this way because it can make it sound a little bit um, too rosy in some regard, uh, and dismiss the reality that we're all dealing with toddler tantrums and whatever. But However, never sleep deprivation. So never, yeah, never, no, never, never. Right. <laughs> However, there is something I remember when, um, my second was born mm. Magdalene, Magdalene Jane. And, they put her on my chest, and the first words that came out of my mouth were, I know you. I know you. And, oh, gosh, I'm getting emotional. It was so profound. 
it was such a profound experience of love and knowing and intimacy and um yeah it was like this is what this is this is what humanity is like this is an example of what humanity is and and there's just moments like that in motherhood and in my experience as a wife over and over and over and over and over again a silly example a couple weeks ago Matt shaved his beard <laughs> and, and um and he just was delighting in the fact that he had not seen his face in like five years right. six years more than that and I so he's in the bathroom and I'm standing in our in our bedroom we're getting ready to go to an 80s workout party like you can't make this stuff up <laughs> And I'm watching him shave his face and he keeps taking a step back and looking at his face like, (laughs) and I was so smitten Mm. with the, with the encounter. And I watched in delight my husband see, (laughs) look at his face for the first time. But it just was this little, this moment of simplicity and this like basic ordinary thing of someone shaving and being so ca- caught up in it and being so uh, taken by the simple delight that it was for him because I know him and I know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think just as a wife and a mom, I mean, I could point to 101 examples like that. And again, it always it's I want to be careful because, yes, there's moments where I also want to. You know, something to Keeping that. Keeping it real, yeah. Am I <laughs> that face that you did I love so much. Get a fight so on much. Saturday morning yeah. of the couples <laughs> of retreat. Of the couples just retreat. <laughs> yeah. So we're just, and then you were like preaching about forgiveness the whole time, <laughs> and I was like, "Father, I don't want to forgive." <laughs> oh, stop preaching to my soul. Um, but yeah, so I, that there's just so many moments, and I think mm-hmm. we all we all have those where we're just taken aback by the simple beauties and delights yeah so i want to i'm just picturing you there watching matt <laughs> spying on him as he's shaving his mm-hmm. face as you're getting ready to go to the 80s work party is that right Workout party work out it go better which by the way i'm like eight like months warmers. pregnant oh yeah and i'm like i am committing so hard to this and and then the workout was, oh my gosh, I couldn't walk the next day, Father. It was so bad. They had like, it was really fun though. They had like these drumsticks. And so you were like supposed to like beat them on the floor. And I'm like, I can hardly bend over and zip my shoes, let alone be drumming on the floor the whole time. But I did it. I did the whole thing. I was so proud of myself. And that's where I found out too. I learned something about myself. I am a workout class person. Oh, Can you see that about me? See that about me? Because I want to do it with people. I, no, I could see you in front of the class. I, <laughs> I'm so honored. That was like for a very, very short time until I learned that I don't like working out. I was like, I could be like one of those class instructors, like Richard Simmons in the eighties. Aerobic, Zumba. Yeah. I think I would Tybo. be so good at that. Mm-hmm. My greatest regret of high school is not being a cheerleader. <laughs> like, come on folks, we got this. Don't you think that'd be kind of fun? I could totally do it. But we digress. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, I'm with you. So, <laughs> Who's running this my... interview? <laughs> 
<laughs> so no, I want to, this is great. So, cause the, the two examples you brought that came out of your heart were, uh, your, when your daughter's born, I know you. And then next moment you think of this little ordinary thing, my husband's shaving, but he's like seeing his face and you are just drawn into the delight of that. And why is that even possible? It's possible because of the depth of love that you have with your husband. That ordinary things are completely transformed uh, when they are rooted in this deep love. And I think that's such an important thing when people hear about the call to missionary discipleship. It's a call to an adventure of love that's beyond anything we know in this world. And it unfolds in the midst of really ordinary things, up and down things, because it's not always like profound moments. I know you. There's silly moments. There's difficult moments. There's all kinds of moments. But those moments are completely transformed when they're lived in this daily adventure of growing love with God. Yeah. So those moments become occasions of experiencing that love, and the moments themselves are transformed by the reality of God's love. That's why it's so important that in the call to lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship, it is always through God's love, because otherwise it becomes like a task or work, and it's not something that's appealing. It's not something that I'm going to see alive in another person, and I awakens a desire that I want more of that in my life. Yeah. So I just thought that was so beautifully evident in the two examples that popped up in your good heart. And when we're missing those moments, when I'm missing those moments, Mm -hmm. I think I have to ask myself, what is dead within me? Mm -hmm. What is not fully awakened in me that I am not paying attention to the delight Mm -hmm. that I am not paying attention to these simple encounters of connection where I get to be the face of Jesus to a four year old. What, you know, what's, yep. what needs to be awakened in me? Where do I need to take a step back? Where do I need to uh, take time with the Lord? Where do I need to let go maybe of something that's, that's taking that space? Worry, concern, work, whatever. Yeah. Whenever I've kind of lost the thread, I'm not really sure where, what love's doing today. Yeah. Oh, that's to a take, good word. To take the step back and say, where's, what am I grateful for? Yeah. Because gratitude always accompanies the experience of love, and it's also um, always fueled by real experiences, encounters with something that's good and true yes. or beautiful. Yes, Re- can be really ordinary, you know, beautiful sunshine out in the middle of a winter day, whatever it might be. Uh, but it stirs gratitude in the heart, and that's always a oh, this is where love is. So when I kind of lose track in the middle of a time of difficulty, or just yep. being overwhelmed, or just being busy, or just kind of getting in a rut, going from thing to thing. I'm not feeling the adventure of love. Oh, yeah. wait, step back. Even ask the Holy Spirit, call to mind, what am I especially grateful for? Yeah. And when I pay attention to that in detail, it's so evident. I'm sitting across yeah. the table from you and just the gratitude radiates out of you as you describe these beautiful experiences in your life. So listen, Emily, so grateful for letting me turn the tables on you in this episode of <laughs> Lead Them to Life. I got to confess, full transparency. <laughs> Uh, this was on the excuse of talking about Bishop's vision because both of you and I work for the diocese and that's part of our job. Sure. But really, honestly, it was a great chance to let your <laughs> listeners and this audience that you've built up hear more of the beauty that's in your heart. Oh, it's a geez. great privilege to know you and to get to work with you uh, on a regular basis. And uh, so thank you for sharing those beautiful things in your heart today. Really oh, appreciate Father. That. 
And as I've heard, I've only been a guest twice, and now I'm a guest host. This so is a, you're like this I is am, a big deal. This is a rapid like I don't know. This is the first time ever that the microphones have been turned. <laughs> have been turned, and I think you are probably the only person that I would do it for. <laughs> maybe Matt. Yeah. Maybe. Come on. But. Yeah, this is a big deal. So even in that <laughs> short time with Lead Him to Life, I have learned that Lead Him to Life is more about questions than answers. Look at you right? go. So uh, when you think of our conversation today or you think about Vicious Vision, what is the question that you find in your heart that you can share with our audience today? I feel bad that I do this to all my guests. That's a hard question. <laughs> it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I totally flopped both times I was on. Yeah. I don't think you did. Oh, I did. So this like, is really bad. I don't remember And the second your time questions. I knew it was coming, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I forgot that she does this. Okay, no, I actually do have a question, though. Yeah. And um, what triggered this for me the other day? Oh, I was typing an email. And in the email, I was including Bishop's vision for the diocese. And I was typing it out. Bishop's vision for the diocese. No, Bishop's mission for the diocese. No, Bishop's. What, what is the difference between a vision and and a mission. What's the difference between a vision for my family? What I, I don't know. And and then a mission for my family. Do you have any answer to this? I think the answer, if our audience We're breaking the back, rules, but I really do want to know your answer. No, I just think that there's rich fodder for reflection on that. Be- that's a beautiful question in exactly what you shared in our conversation today. So friends, hit rewind, share this episode with (laughs) your friends, and we look forward to seeing you next week on Lead Them to Life. (laughs) God bless you all.